Section 8 of A Failure of Initiative. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Doug Shepherd. A Failure of Initiative. Final Report of the Select Bipartisan Committee to Investigate the Preparation for and Response to Hurricane Katrina by the United States House of Representatives. Background, Part 3. Private Authorities and Capabilities. Role of the American Red Cross. The American Red Cross, Red Cross, is the only non-governmental organization with lead agency responsibilities under the NRP. The Red Cross is an independent, non-governmental organization, NGO, that operates as a non-profit, tax-exempt, charitable institution, pursuant to a charter granted by the United States Congress. It has the legal status of a, quote, federal instrumentality, unquote, due to its charter requirements to carry out responsibilities delegated by the federal government. Among those responsibilities are to perform all duties incumbent upon a national society in accordance with the spirit and conditions of the Geneva Convention, to which the United States is a signatory, to provide family communications and other forms of assistance to members of the U.S. military, and to maintain a system of domestic and international disaster relief, including mandated responsibilities under the Federal Response Plan coordinated by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, FEMA. The Red Cross is not a federal agency, nor does it receive federal funding on a regular basis to carry out its services and programs. It receives financial support from voluntary public contributions and from cost recovery charges for some services. Its stated mission is to, quote, provide relief to victims of disasters and help people prevent, prepare for, and respond to emergencies, unquote. To meet its mandated responsibilities under the NRP, the Red Cross functions as an ESF primary organization in coordinating the use of mass care resources in a presidentially declared disaster or emergency. As the lead agency for ESF number 6, dealing with mass care, housing, and human services, the Red Cross assumes the role of providing food, shelter, emergency first aid, disaster welfare information, and bulk distribution of emergency relief items. ESF-6 includes three primary functions, mass care, housing, and human services. Mass care involves the coordination of non-medical care services to include sheltering of victims, organizing feeding operations, providing emergency first aid at designated sites, collecting and providing information on victims to family members, and coordinating bulk distribution of emergency relief items. Housing involves the provision of assistance for short-term and long-term housing needs of victims. Human services include providing victim-related recovery efforts, such as counseling, identifying support for persons with special needs, expediting processing of new federal benefits claims, assisting in collecting crime victim compensation for acts of terrorism, and expediting mail services in affected areas. Function 1. 
Mass Care The NRP describes the mass care function as comprised of six elements. Coordination, shelter, feeding, emergency first aid, disaster welfare information, DWI, and bulk distribution. The coordination element relates to assisting victims obtain various forms of available federal assistance, as well as gathering information about shelters and food kitchens for victims. The shelter element includes the use of pre-identified shelters, creating temporary facilities capable of housing victims and coordination of obtaining shelters outside of the immediate incident area. The feeding element includes a variety of food distribution sites, from mobile food carts to kitchens to bulk distribution of food. The emergency first aid element consists of assisting victims with the most basic first aid needs, as well as coordinating the referral of victims to local hospitals, if needed, and other appropriate medical treatment options. The Disaster Welfare Information DWI, element provides for family connectedness services. It aims to reconnect families displaced or separated by the incident as well as assist victims of the incident to connect with family or friends located outside the area of the incident. The bulk distribution element provides emergency relief items, principally ice, water and food, at specific sites to meet the urgent needs of victims within the affected area. Function 2. Housing. The housing function addresses both the short-term and long-term housing needs of victims affected by an incident. It is effectuated through programs designed to meet the individualized needs of victims and includes a variety of options, including provisions of temporary housing, rental assistance, or financial assistance for the repair or replacement of original residences. Function 3. Human Services. The Human Services function implements programs and services to assist victims restore their livelihoods. It acts as a broad-based, multi-purpose effort to support divergent needs such as rerouting of mail, assistance with processing federal benefits-related paperwork, assuring the provision of necessary mental health services, and providing other important, sometimes victim-specific services. The wide range of services may include support for victims with disabilities and victims who do not speak English. With its shelters, feeding kitchens, and blood distribution capabilities, the Red Cross has long played an important role in assisting those affected by natural disasters, especially hurricanes. Due to the frequency of hurricanes in the United States, the Red Cross has developed an expertise in deploying its resources and operational capabilities to help those affected by hurricanes. In its 23-page Tropical Storm and Hurricane Action Plan, the Hurricane Plan, the Red Cross outlines its systematic approach to preparing for and responding to storms and hurricanes. The report says, quote, The objective of this plan is to enable the Red Cross to be ready to deliver immediate services and assistance needed by those threatened and affected by such storms at an appropriate scope and scale." Unquote. Additionally, as the NRP model to disaster planning takes shape, the Red Cross's preparation regime is being bolstered with a standard operating procedure document for ESF No. 6. 
Although not formally adopted, and still in the draft stage, the document identifies the procedures, protocols, information flows, and organizational relationships for the activation, implementation, and operation of the Red Cross responsibilities under ESF No. 6. There is also an Interim Shelter Operations Management Toolkit, which provides Red Cross chapters and shelter managers with resources to plan, open, operate, and close shelters. Adhering to the concept of all disasters being local, the Red Cross relies on its field chapters to act as first responders in opening shelters and providing for the feeding of those in need. The first 48 hours of a disaster are usually handled by the local Red Cross chapters and thereafter by national level support as both the federal government, FEMA, and the Red Cross National Headquarters begin to reach the affected area. The National Red Cross is structured to provide relief, mostly shelter and feeding, from days 2 through 30 of a disaster. The local chapter ultimately is supported by its service area, of which there are eight in the United States, followed by support from National Headquarters in Washington, D.C. For disasters such as hurricanes, the Red Cross's actions prior to landfall typically begin with activating the chapter response plans in all of the areas threatened by the storm. Simultaneously, the jurisdictional service areas move into the service area major disaster response structure, disaster response structure. At this time, the service areas establish their contacts with the affected state's emergency operations center, EOC. This often involves positioning a Red Cross official at the state EOC. The service area then begins deploying resources to the threatened areas as called for under the chapter's planning requirements. Also, at this pre-landfall time, a Disaster Relief Operations Headquarters is established. During the pre-landfall stage, the local chapter is to focus on several key activities. Sheltering, feeding, public information, fundraising, and maintaining contact with government officials, especially emergency management officials. While the chapter response operation is arming itself with the necessary resources, the service areas shift into their disaster response structure. The service area personnel are responsible for implementing the necessary facility arrangements so that storm victims can be sheltered and fed. The service area also deploys additional personnel to the chapter regions. Once the disaster response structure is opened, the national headquarters shifts its disaster operations center into hurricane response mode. At this point, personnel from headquarters preparedness and response division are able to monitor developments and deploy additional resources as necessary. Following landfall of a hurricane, the affected chapters continue their focus on the key activities of sheltering, feeding, disaster assessment, providing public information, and liaising with government officials. After the shelters and feeding kitchens are opened, the chapters expand their role to include bulk distribution of supplies. Supplies include toiletries packages, clothing and blankets, and as the storm passes, clean-up supply packs, including mops, rakes, trash bags, and cleaning supplies to assist storm victims clean their residences and neighborhoods. 
As the impact of the disaster becomes better understood, a Disaster Relief Operations Headquarters is established in the region. The Operations Headquarters is activated, meaning operational oversight and direction of Red Cross relief activities is transferred to the on-site headquarters. As the Disaster Headquarters staffs up, the service area's role decreases. Outside of the affected region, other service areas and the national headquarters remain poised to assist as necessary. The main opportunities for other service areas involve shifting resources, such as cots, blankets, and other warehouse supplies, to the affected region. Personnel at national headquarters monitor events in the field and leverage relationships with national agreements with suppliers, partner groups, and agencies. Service Area Major Disaster Response Structure Upon the approach of a threatening hurricane, the service area reconfigures its structure, priorities, and actions to provide support, guidance, and resource assistance to its threatened chapters. The disaster response structure, led by a response manager, is comprised of four departments or cells. These are the Planning Cell, Forward Headquarters Cell, Information and Resource Management Cell, and the Service Area Response Operations. Planning Cell The Planning Cell is focused on ensuring adequate services and logistics support. The Planning Cell develops an anticipated service delivery plan and deploys the Forward Headquarters Cell, which enables the relief operations to begin service delivery immediately after the storm makes landfall. The planning cell is tasked with determining the necessary scope of Red Cross service delivery, an estimated budget, and the estimated length of time needed to serve the affected area. The planning cell is the heart of decision-making, as it relates to what people need, where they need it, and, based on a damage assessment, how long will services be necessary? Response Manager The Response Manager oversees the disaster response. The Manager's responsibilities include ensuring adequate levels of staffing throughout the response organization, conducting staff meetings with the disaster response team, leading conference calls with the affected chapters, ensuring that adequate reports are compiled for coordination with state and federal emergency management officials and assuring the sufficient movement of assets, both human and material, to the affected region. Forward Headquarters Cell The Forward Headquarters Cell is the deployed unit of the planning cell. Its most important task is to establish a relief operation headquarters and to receive Red Cross personnel, both paid Red Cross employees and volunteers, and material resources. Essentially, this group serves as the advance team prior to the opening of a headquarters operation near the affected area. Information and Resource Management Cell The Information and Resource Management Cell is a tactical team that concentrates on gathering information and supporting the local chapters in the evacuation of people. While the Red Cross does not physically transport evacuees, it is often the recipient of a large percentage of evacuees as shelters are established. This group establishes reporting requirements, coordinates data gathering such as shelter tallies, monitors the inbound flow of resources to the shelters, helps acquire vehicles, 
and handles all issues related to the immediate deployment of resources, including maintaining computer systems, managing supply warehouses, and ensuring all invoices are properly processed. Service Area Response Operations The day-to-day -day paid operations staff of the service area coordinate fundraising and communications, and provide the institutional knowledge of the affected area. Armed with the right data and knowledge of the area, the Information and Resources Management Cell can help provide essential services to those in need. State, Local and Private Authorities and Capabilities Typical Local and State Emergency Management Responsibilities Whether the response is coming from local or state officials, or both, most emergency management agencies and government plans assume it may take 24 to 72 hours to get assistance to individuals, particularly those who remain in affected areas. Consequently, successful emergency management can, in part, depend on individuals' willingness to evacuate to places where more immediate assistance may be available, when time and circumstances permit, and or their preparedness to survive independently for 24 to 72 hours that responders expect it will take to first deliver assistance. Nonetheless, as discussed elsewhere in this report, primary responsibility for the first response to any potential or imminent incident or disaster begins, and often stays, at the local and state levels. In most situations, emergency management in the U.S. envisions a process of escalation up from the local level as incidents grow or as it becomes known that an incident has overwhelmed local and state capabilities. Local Emergency Management First responders, local fire, police, and emergency medical personnel who respond to all manners of incidents, such as earthquakes, storms, and floods, have the lead responsibility for carrying out emergency management efforts. Their role is to prevent, protect against, respond to, and assist in the recovery from emergencies, including natural disasters. Typically, first responders are trained and equipped to arrive first at the scene of an accident and take action immediately, including entering the scene, setting up a command center, evacuating those at the scene, tending to the injured, redirecting traffic, and removing debris. Local governments, cities, towns, counties, or parishes, and the officials who lead them are responsible for developing the emergency operations and response plans by which their communities respond to disasters and other emergencies, including terrorist attacks. Local emergency management directors are also generally responsible for providing training to prepare for disaster response and they seek assistance from their state emergency management agencies when the situation exceeds or exhausts local capabilities. In many states, they may also negotiate and enter into mutual aid agreements with other jurisdictions to share resources when, for example, nearby jurisdictions are unaffected by the emergency and are able to provide some assistance. Particularly relevant to the preparation for Hurricane Katrina, local officials have significant responsibilities for either setting evacuation laws and policies or working with their state government to enforce state laws pertaining to evacuations. 
According to the National Response Plan, depending on the terms of the state or local laws, local officials have, quote, extraordinary powers, unquote, to, among other things, order evacuations. In addition, local officials may suspend local laws and order curfews. State Emergency Management As the state's chief executive, the governor is responsible for the public safety and welfare of the state's citizens and generally has wide-ranging emergency management responsibilities, including requesting federal assistance when it becomes clear the state's capabilities will be insufficient or have been exhausted. Governors are responsible for coordinating state resources to address the full range of actions necessary to prevent, prepare for, and respond to incidents such as natural disasters. Upon their declaration of an emergency or disaster, Governors typically assume a variety of emergency powers, including authority to control access to an affected area and provide temporary shelter. Also, in most cases, states generally authorize their governors to order and enforce the evacuation of residents in disaster and emergency situations. The federal government generally defers to the states to enact laws dealing with evacuation with local officials, as mentioned earlier, typically responsible for working with state officials to enforce those laws. Governors also serve as the commanders-in-chief of their state military forces, specifically the National Guard when in state active duty or Title 32 status. In state active duty, to which governors can call the Guard in response to disasters and other emergencies, National Guard personnel operate under the control of the governor are paid according to state law and can perform typical disaster relief tasks such as search and rescue, debris removal, and law enforcement. Most governors have the authority to implement mutual aid agreements with other states to share resources with one another during disasters or emergencies when, for example, others, particularly nearby states, are unaffected by the emergency and are able to provide assistance. Most states request and provide this assistance through the EMAC. State emergency management agencies, reporting to their respective governors, have primary responsibility for their state's disaster mitigation, preparedness, response, and recovery activities. These agencies typically coordinate with other state agencies, as well as local emergency response departments, to plan for and respond to potential or imminent disasters or emergencies. Among other things, state emergency management agencies are responsible for developing state emergency response plans, administering federal grant funding, and coordinating with local and federal agencies to provide training and other emergency response related activities. Some states, such as Louisiana and Mississippi, spell out specific tasks or preparatory steps emergency management agencies must take to meet their responsibilities. For example, Louisiana requires that its Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness determine the requirements for food, clothing, and other necessities and procure and preposition these supplies in the event of an emergency. Similarly, Mississippi requires its emergency management agency to determine needs for equipment and supplies and plan and procure those items as well. End of section 8, recording by Doug Shepard.